Tanya Newsom is excited to be able to talk about Star Trek again now that the SAG after strike seems to be over. I was able to monopolize a few minutes of her time to talk about her character Beckett Mariner in Star Trek Lower Decks, as well as that crossover episode of Star Trek Strange New Worlds and being in the writer's room of the upcoming series Star Trek Starfleet Academy. I'm T. Rick Jones and this is your Daily Star Trek News. So I want to first ask you a quick question about uh, those old scientists, which yeah. I love. A, I love a good crossover episode, and uh, that was a good crossover episode. Uh, how did um, taking your character from animation to live action? How did that force you to adjust your approach to the character, if at all? Yeah, well, I think you saw. You know, Jack and I had a. a I, I think it was his pitch actually to add the line. You, do you notice how slow everybody talks? And I said, yeah, and quietly, because we were just like, we can't come in here with the volume and speed that we do in animation. It just doesn't make sense. We're screaming, you know, I don't want to be screaming in Spock's face. That's not what I want for me as a fan. That's not what I want to see. But there is like a certain amount of like that volume and energy in our show is so much tied to our characters. So we did really have to modulate it and I think Jonathan Frakes even asked me, he said, do you do something differently to your voice in the booth? I said, no, Jonathan, we're just yelling. We're just talking so loud and so fast. So, you know, we had to kind of find, we had to find where that was. And then we had the the idea to, to make it a little comment just to, to sort of call it out for the fans. And yeah, it was, I think it was, I think it was a good moment. Yeah, it was great because Lower Decks is so meta in that way. Yeah. And- bring some of that into a strange new world was was fun so you guys record you guys record together in a booth you don't record at home um, uh no we record wherever we are and okay. yeah during covid i did some at home since covid's been over i've been back in our normal we have like a home kind of studio in la but if we're out like when i was in arkansas or jack was in toronto like filming other things uh, our production team will find a local studio and we'll just kind of go there and and work. I think Jack filmed or recorded in a closet when he was filming Scream. So we we make it work. Mariner and Boimler are completely polar opposite people. They're completely different people. What makes that friendship work? Because it does really work. They're best friends. Yeah. Why is that? Why do they connect so well, because I think if they were the same, both of them would get sick of the other person. Like I don't want I don't want someone who's just like me. I would be exhausted. I'm a lot. I need <laughs> I need a Boimler, you know? I need someone who's a lot in a different way to like compliment my chaos. And mm-hmm. I think that's very true for them. I also think they're secretly like a little bit more alike than they like than they are outwardly. Okay. You know, I think they're both big nerds for Starfleet. They just have different tactics of, of they have different ways of showing it. Sure. Sure. Does does Mariner a little bit wish you were like Boimler and vice versa, do you think? Or I think it used to be like Boimler. I think one of the things we saw in uh, episodes nine and 10 and 10, especially when we got the flashback to the, uh, I keep calling it the preamble to the first duty, the the TNG episode. Yeah. You know, I think we saw some like Boimlery tendencies in Mariner. And so yeah. you can imagine what a uh, suffering a tragedy, like losing her friend and, being, you know, uh, an admiral and a captain's kid and kind of being dragged around the galaxy, how that can kind of 
make you a little jaded and make you take on more of a Mariner approach. It kind of beats the Boimler out of you, you know? You know, Mariner, we, we've been through a lot with Mariner over the past four seasons and uh, we, (laughs) (laughs) and and we, we've learned a lot about her, especially this season. We, we had some real revelations about her past and her background um, and why she is the way she is that scene with the Klingon in episode nine, um, where she just sort of, unloads on him um so now she's sort of come to terms with that now so how is that gonna affect uh the character going forward do you think well i think we're really gonna have to see how she manages to both be uh accept more of the responsibility that the promotion brings and not just fall back on her tendencies of acting out or being reckless but still holding Starfleet accountable and pushing them to be better. So she's not just going to totally be like a a rule follower, like straight edge, you know, we're we're not going to get a total personality change, but she's going to have to mature and like, you know, find a way to affect change in a more responsible way. Maybe you personally are a Star Trek fan, I believe from uh, way back. Yeah. When you found out it must be for a fan, first of all, it must be so exciting to be canon now. You're part of part of Star Trek. When you found out they were going to bring in Cedo and sort of tie lower decks into the first duty, but also lower decks, the original episode, uh, what were your thoughts at that moment when you found out that was happening? Yeah, I think Mike told me that this was his long game plan. Like he told me a version of this that he definitely wanted to tie our lower decks to the TNG episode lower decks. He told me that maybe like a year and a half ago or sometime when we were working on season three or four. And I remember feeling like, oh, that's such a genius move. That's his favorite episode of Star Trek. Of course, it was the impetus for this whole thing. Of course, we should tie it back. I didn't know how he was going to do it. And I'm always so flattered and grateful and giddy anytime Mike finds a way to really tie Mariner to important canon moments like anytime she talks about being involved in the in the Dominion War me as a Deep Space Nine head is like I love that shit I'm just like oh my god yeah she was she was there she she served on on Deep Space Nine that's so cool um so yeah I keep saying in that in that preamble to the first duty scene where we see her back at the academy that's the first time we see Josh in canon the guy who freaking died we never saw Josh. We never heard Josh's voice. So to be in a scene that is the first time, you know, 30 years later that that the whole franchise is showing this guy, I, that's that's very meaningful. It's very fun. Yeah, she's been everywhere. Um, and everywhere. In, in everything. And, you know, she, as much as the audience, is a Star Trek fan. Yeah. Uh, so... I'm waiting for the episode that retcons that goes back and pulls like the little uh, mask off the Gorn in the original <laughs> in the or, or remat episode, the original <laughs> series, and it's Mariner in there or something. Let's make that happen. Okay, yeah, Mariner is inside happen. the Gorn costume. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you? Uh, you're about to uh, be in the writers' room, or you're already in the writers' room for Star Trek? Yeah, you're there. So are. Are there any plans or do you want to ever write an episode of Lower Decks um, as well? Is that that something you've thought about? 
I don't know that there is time for me to be in all these places at once. Um, what they don't tell you, or maybe they do tell you, what they don't tell you about um, a writer's room is it is a, a real job and it takes uh, a good amount of time. So I don't know. I don't know that I'd be able to do both, but who knows? I I love it though. The show is so great and our our people in the room are so much fun. We've been back now for just about a month, maybe a little over a month. And it's just like the greatest group of people Alex Kurtzman and Noga Landau, our showrunners, really assembled like just such a group of sweet, kind, fun, funny people that I, I think the audience is just going to love this show. That's great. I'm really excited to to see it and see what happens. Uh, and when I'll I want to talk to you about it once we get closer. Um, you yeah, know, once closer. there's stuff to actually say. The, yeah. the thing about a writer's room is that like if you do say something wrong or you're something you're not supposed to, you get in so much more trouble than an actor would. Like. <laughs> Sure. You know? so I, I'm extra careful. <laughs> you, they can replace. <laughs> oh, in, a, in an instant. In an instant. <laughs> uh, um, when's when's the podcast coming back? Uh, with that, Paul? I, that I don't know. Now that the strikes are resolved, we're like all in the clear to get started again. So it's probably just a matter of like someone emailing me and saying, come do this now. And I'll be like, great. See you there. <laughs> fantastic well if anyone is listening to this who's in charge of that i guess you know where to find me <laughs> <laughs> give her a call yeah <laughs> well tawny newsom thank you so much for joining me this has thank been you. fantastic thanks so uh, much talk again in the future yeah i hope so thanks all right much. all right take care if you want to ensure we continue to make content like this why not support us on patreon your donation not only helps us afford the hosting fees for our website and podcast, but also helps us to pay our writers. Even a donation of as little as a dollar a month helps to keep us running. Head over to www.patreon.com slash daily Star Trek news to help us out.